Gomez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello and welcome to a slightly, uh, is it belated? Is that the right word? Late. We're late. Oh, we meant to do it on Sunday, but Deke was working. And then I said, Nick, Nick would come and do it with me. And Nick was poorly and Nick was in bed. He went, oh, I'm not very well, miss. I got a note from my mum, miss. And then I had the shits anyway. So um, there you go. They was going to do it yesterday. And then I had the shits again. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Tesco's, with your your um, chicken with chorizo inside of it that has been nicely sliced. Next lot, the chorizo and threw it at the cats. Not for me. Anyway, we're two days late, but at least we're here. So, yeah, Dave, than never. how have you been? Yeah, it is yeah. indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. I managed to watch most of the game um, uh, when I got back. I got the second half and everything, but I, was, I burnt myself out on the weekend. Um, I did yeah. like two fairs and... And I was just completely burnt out. I was feeling really, really rough. So, um, but we're uh, we're managing to get it done this evening. And uh, what a game we can talk about, eh, Danny? When you say you did two fairs, you don't mean you won the world at two different fairs, do you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Be, I wasn't <coughs> sorting out the carousel or anything like that. Working with with the with the people that do the what are they called? I can't remember the the pikeys. I think the, the, <laughs> the carnies called carnies, yeah, aren't they? Carnies. I wasn't joining the carnies. No, no, no. Uh, market craft fairs. So I was yeah. just working, uh, working a store selling, selling uh, me and my last products. So oh. busy, busy, busy talking to lots of people and selling, uh, selling stuffs. Oh, lovely! Do you, uh, do you sell very small um, things of honey? Because then someone could come along and go, Ah, I see, sir owns a bee. Because you've got tiny <laughs> pots of honey. I tell you what, you see everything at these craft fairs, and it's not like these really, really rubbish craft fairs. Like these are these are places where you have to apply and be accepted, and it takes a while for you to be accepted like years so these yeah. are the, these are places and they're ticketed events as well so you have to buy a ticket uh in advance you can't just buy at the door so these yeah these are pop, these are the creme, the creme. Then, yeah sure of, yeah well I, you say posh wankers it was it was you say posh wankers it was in birmingham on wow. uh on sunday Jesus. um but uh yeah we did we did well it was it was a nice good weekend but it was very very tiring and but i managed to watch the game what a game to watch danny um, I'm glad that everyone is, uh, is jumping into the chat already because what yeah. a game to discuss. It's important. Normally, if this would have been uh, a nil-nil way at Stoke on a Wednesday night, I wouldn't have bothered going, oh, let's still do it. But it is such a momentous game. Our yeah, second best import win of importance of the season. We have to come and do We're only going to do half hour about it. Just cover a few things. Tomorrow night, yep. there is, will be a podcast with a very special guest turning up. Yeah. So um, anyway, say hello to people in the chat. Jimmy H is there. Uh, Phil is there. He's doing now. Uh, and uh, when this went down, I had the shits. I don't ever have it. Just uh, uh, had some meat. I went out for um, to celebrate what would have been my mum's 80th birthday on f- Thursday, and so on Friday. So I was ill the next day because I had stuff I shouldn't really have eaten. And uh, Colo's used cars for if anybody needs uh, a Mark II Ford Fiesta with three wheels, let him know we sent you, and he'll do you a terrible deal. Super is there. Hello, friends. Uh, shouts out to my good girl, Spaghetti. Well, hello, Spaghetti. 
what a nice name uh super says still smiling good and phil and then phil good right let's start off with uh i, I just went and watched the guy went downloaded the game watched it again uh, first things i know is it's havertz and Jorginho starting and then I wasn't quite sure of what positions were. But it looks like Havertz was playing as an unwilling striker with Jorginho as the left eight, um, Odegaard as the right eight, and Rice playing in DM. And they kind of stuck to that positions all night long, didn't they? And did you think that that would work? Because I certainly bloody didn't. I I love Havertz playing up top. Um, he played well against Liverpool in the FA Cup, I believe. Um, we just didn't take our chances. We ended up losing that game purely because of that. And this time we took our chances, definitely, that's for sure. But I was I was frustrated to see Gabriel Jesus once again injured. Um, Danny, whilst I'm waffling on, can you look up some stats about how many games has Gabriel Jesus played for Arsenal in his Arsenal career compared to the games he's missed? If there's some sort of statistic that we can find, because I'd be quite interested to see, because I have a big feeling that he's missed more games than he's played. Well, I can, so do Havertz, I can do it for um, league games, but I can't do it for the cup games. Sure, okay, fine. Okay, we, 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 we'll take that. So Havertz up top, <laughs> I was really happy about. Um, Jorginho, as shown, he plays in big games and he does really, really well. We definitely saw um, get, uh, Jorginho's best game in an Arsenal shirt. He was impeccable. His football was phenomenal. The passes that he was playing looked like it was something that he's been, you know, it's like he rekindled his early days. Um, when he was winning stuff with Chelsea. I was very happy about the signing about him when we signed him from Chelsea. We all saw the the Cucurella interview um, when he was chatting with someone and they told him live and they had a live reaction to him when they told him that Jorginho had left for Arsenal that day. He was gutted. So they know what he can do and we see that. And I tell you what, Chelsea could definitely use a player like that right now because they are crashing and burning and it's stunning to watch and they're going to... They're going to gather so much so much debt because they're not going to get any any European football of any kind, not even conference football. And it's going to be a fire sale in the summer. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But yeah, um, have you got the stats? 43 uh, played, 17 missed. Okay. Okay. I thought but it was a lot. I'd imagine quite a lot of those will be how many games did he complete would be the question because he should be completing all of them. And most, I'd say half of that 43 has either come on or come off. So I've I I I I don't know why, but I found a stat that he basically he he's only he's only been part of like uh like thirty odd, forty odd percent of his games, like on par with party overall, not just with Premier League, but just overall his his game appearances have been shocking for us. No, he's played forty three games in two seasons in the league and scored fifteen goals, which is one goal every three games, which also sounds bullshit, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, so what? So that's so that's Premier League forty-three games. I guess we're not the over, we're not the end of this season. But anyway, I, I, I'm 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 becoming more and more uh, not understanding what's going on with Jesus. I, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, it's more like 50 percent. Yeah, I, I I don't feel like it was that much. I th- I feel like he's missed more games than he's played for us. Mm. But who? Uh, never mind. Um, I yeah, I, I'm unsure as to what's going on with Jesus. All it does is scream that we need ourselves a striker. Um, obviously, that's going to happen in the summer, but you're going to have to see what happens. But have you got? Uh, so, what's your opening? Uh, ten. ten, ten minutes. I don't see. I watched the extended hi- I watched the extended highlights hmm. uh, this evening on Arsenal.com, and they don't put up minutes. Oh, I was going. So, wonder, I wondered about that. So that's so fun. This one, 
10th minute, great run down the left from Martinelli with a great cross for Saka, who gets a low header on the ball, and it just goes wide. Not many, don't very often see a Saka header, do you? No, you don't. Raya once again starting this one. He performed well today. Performed very, very well today. He was very hmm. dominant in his in his box, apart from obviously the goal that we conceded. But I feel like that was more on Saliba than it was on Raya. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Martinelli always has an incredible game against Liverpool and top teams. They never yeah. talk about Martinelli going quiet, do they, Danny? No, I think, uh, is, he, is he showing off in the... Oh, I've just seen that Jordan have knocked South Korea out of the Asia Cup. Oh. How wonderful. Wow. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's almost like he's playing up to the cameras and looking for a good move one day, that he plays well against the big teams, which is good for us because we're in the Champions League and we're in the group uh, the last 16 and we'll be beating, meeting some big teams, and then hopefully he'll turn on these performances for against those big teams, or ex-big teams, because Barcelona are no longer a big team, and Juventus are a shadow of the big team. Martinelli's so, uh, form has definitely come in at the perfect time, hasn't it, Danny? He struggled all season, he struggled all season, and he's yeah. just getting his form. Those two late goals that he got, was it? who was it against? Was it? I can't remember. Oh, was Shepherd against. United, wasn't it? Yes. Came on uh, the Yes, when he scored the like replica goals, um, you know, since then he's been coming on leaps and bounds, and Trossard's been doing fantastic at closing games, but uh, he's coming at the perfect time. But I thought Saka should have done better with that effort. I thought Saka should have done better. There was a little bit of a nudge into the back of Saka, but not enough for me to put off uh, a seasonal pro. I know he's young, but he's played a hell of a lot of football in the last number of years, and mm. he's a seasonal pro now. So he's got to be putting those away, Danny. Should have done. Uh, 13th minute, uh, Zingy, uh, Zinny, Zinchenko on the left, passes it infield to Erdegaard, who puts Havertz through at full speed with Saka running flat out to his right. Havertz has a shot right at the keeper, um, who parries it, and then Saka does a little bit of magic, doesn't he? What have you got down for the rest of that? Um, we had some lo- lovely passages of play before that moment of the ball being executed by Erdegaard into the... Havertz open sort of open space, but because yeah. once again Havertz is an incredible space finder. Um, but yeah, lovely passage of play, played really well out from the back, uh, allowed Liverpool to pile the pressure on them to be able to then get in behind, and it worked beautifully. However, I thought Havertz had an incredible game overall, and I was very happy to see him up top because I feel like that's where we've seen the best of him in an Arsenal shirt thus far, and I'm hoping we can see more of those as we finish the season out. But Havertz should have done better with the effort. Yeah, okay, he used his weak foot, but you've got to be doing better than that. Playing it, hitting it straight at the keeper, I thought that was pretty poor. Um, but Saka did really well to um, stay in line with the run and then stay in line for the shot, not being offside, and then calmly just taking the ball and taking all the power out of it to be able to put it right in front of him to be able to just slot it into the goal was was just magical. But that's the seasonal pro that we were looking for for the header. He then reproduced a few months later. I don't have anything apart from uh, Martinelli, uh, the Martinelli uh, goal, but that's in the second half, isn't it? Uh, I'm just looking for the, um, the 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 YouTube shorts, which I shall bring up because it had 523 views. Ooh. We've had podcasts that have had less than that of our oh, theme. Um, Des Moran is there. I think Des might have told us three one. Put all your money on it. We'll find out later, Des. But I'm sure that's what Des said. Oh, right, that? okay. Don't, Very nice. No, when when he, uh, Stan was here and he went, mark my words, put all your money on Arsenal 3-1. Did you say that, Des? Because that, uh, that is weird. 
So um, other things I've got, 30th minute, Liverpool had a few chances, but every time our defenders and Rice blocks them and Raya clears it all up, 31, white booked for time-wasting, then immediately two of our players in quick succession are very roughly taken down and they get absolutely nothing. Just shows you the state of, of Premier League uh, refereeing. Uh, 40th minute, Rice just mopping up absolutely everything ahead of the defenders and behind the midfielders. The 43rd minute, so many times when Saka has the ball on the right, he immediately has three Liverpool players surrounding him, which is, that happens so many times during the game. So miracle he actually managed to do anything. And then, um, yeah, the, the the second goal for us to, uh, no, the own goal at the end of the first half, Dave, what you got? Yeah, uh, own goal. Um, Luis Diaz on the ball and just puts pressure on Saliba. Saliba should have dealt with it. I think there was probably a miscommunication between Raya and Saliba. Raya potentially should have maybe come out because it was six-yard box, but Saliba was in control of the situation. He didn't. I think it comes to a, a case of faffing with the ball. Um, if you're if you're unsure as to what's going on and you've not made a decision yourself and you're unsure as to why your keeper's not reacting the way you telepathically maybe should have said anything, maybe you should be saying, call out, go and collect it, collect it, or something. I don't know what happened there. Saliba should be dealing with it. He's in control of the ball at that particular moment. Luis Diaz pickpockets him and then bizarrely mm-hmm. goes into the goal via a handball from Gabriel. It was harder to it was harder to hit his hand than it was to miss his body and go past him for then to be cleared and we wouldn't have had this conversation on, in, at all. And I I I tell you what, I've I've never seen someone celebrate a goal more than Luis Diaz who had who <laughs> didn't even didn't really have much to do. Yeah, kind of. Regards uh, to how the ball went into the back of the net, apart from putting it across by a little lucky little toe, but he celebrated like he scored it, Danny. Yeah, it's uh, he, he fluked it, and uh, poor old Gabriel was spinning right round, baby, right round, and uh, even when he hit his arm, he still had no idea where the ball was. No, Dan, he'd done a little where, spin and everything. Where, where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's in. And Pretty then he, he was he was so fed up with it. Yeah, Des has said. I said I never felt as confident ever going into a game that we would win 3-1. Stan did laugh at me. Did you put money on it, though, Des? Yeah, you can't personally, say this and not put money on it. Personally, I'm not a gambler no, because you never one. see yeah, uh, a bookie having to sell their car, sell their house and everything they own to pay off their debts. You never see bookies doing that. You only see right. punters doing that. And that tells you something. Uh, and says Liverpool didn't have a shot on target yet. Went in one-one at half time. Such an Arsenal goal to concede. And Super says the fluke was a complete bone killer. Um, I heard another last week. I heard I said the stat that um, ESR hadn't started a game since the penultimate game of the 21-22 season. That was wrong. He played against Sheffield United. Well done, commentators. And then yesterday I heard a stat that said the 3.54 XG that live against Liverpool, yes, and with us, was the most, the highest XG Liverpool have ever conceded. Well, you don't concede an XG, do you? They have an XG. So could that be right? 3.54 is that the highest in, I don't think they meant Premier League history because I remember back in the day when Graham Sunez was manager, they were dog shit. But, and then that was there, they had one shot on target the entire game. Wonderful. Lovely stuff. It's a perfect uh, time to concede a goal, eh, Danny? Yeah, Nose says playing a one-two with goalies is the sort of thing Yaya Sonogo would have done. But looking back at it, and I watched that that goal over and over, it almost looked like um, Saliba was shielding the ball, waiting for either the keeper to take it 
or for it to go out for a goal kick. And neither of those two things happened. And then, yeah, they. Uh, I they think it was just the lack of communication more than anything. I think there was a lot of assuming going on. I don't like assumptions. Assumptions are the root of all evil. Um, I think communication, you just shout out. Um, this is going to be, you know, we've seen an, a, a few errors in Saliba's game this season, um, but, you know, he's world class already. Yep. He's going to have those errors. He's still really, really young. He's only in his second ever season in an Arsenal shirt, even though we've owned him since 2019 uh, or even earlier. Was it 2019? I can't remember now. Um, you know, we've owned him for a very, very long time um, and we're going to see these. We're going to see these. So I'm not going to be bothered about it. At the end of the day, we won the game. Um, if we didn't win the game, maybe there would have been more scrutiny on it, but we've got an incredible team right now. We certainly do. Um, Des says he didn't bet on it, but he told his friend and his friend won 450. So that's nice. good. Well, there we go. Um, a little bit of karma. 51st minute, Erdegaard had a shot that the keeper only just managed to get his fingers to as he dived to low to the right. 54th minute, Canate's first booking. He is tussling with Kai Havertz and at one point had his hands around his neck and pulls him down. Canate completely lost the plot, didn't he? Because there were so many stupid things that he did. And even when he gets the second yellow and sent off, he's doing exactly the same thing against, um, I don't know who Havertz. it was against. It was against Havertz again. Ah, I will, I've got it in my notes. Havertz had, a gr- Havertz had a great game. I know he had that miss in the early doors, but, you know, at the end of the day, Saka buried it. But Havertz is phenomenal when he plays up top. His hold-up play and his passage, his, his space-finding is some of the best I've ever seen as a footballer. He's amazing to watch off the ball. His off-the-ball work is second to none. I'm big fan of Kai Havertz. Um, and uh, he controlled the game up top beautifully. Um, cushioned the ball down really well. It was very well with his aerial presence and uh, it was a handful for Canate. And we saw that Canate ended up later on getting uh, the walk of shame. So Havertz at Leverkusen was a right winger mm-hmm. and uh, Havertz, at, and it worked. Havertz at Chelsea was a kind of 9-10, didn't work. And Havertz at Arsenal started off as a left eight and has now moved up to be a... A false nine, would it be? Yeah, auxiliary striker, false nine. Yeah, I wouldn't so, say he's a he's, an, he's a forward. I'd say he's he's a false nine. He's basically an attacking cam that plays ahead of a cam. So, um, what's do you think this is going to change his future? Is we even get to see more of this? Because as as Canate found out, he is a handful, isn't he? He is. I think what we thought we were going to get with Kai Havertz was potentially the, the left eight. And then some people will maybe thinking, oh, maybe he's going to play the striker position because that's what he did for Chelsea. But I think we've actually found ourselves a utility man. Hmm. Um, expensive for a utility man, but the experience that he's got already at such a young age and the potential that he can grow into is basically endless. So I'm I'm very looking forward to seeing what he can do with his Arsenal career. I'm, I'm hoping that um, over time he'll be able to maybe solidify a, a position in the midfield um, but that depends on how we play next season if we sign ourselves a striker. Because as we know, we we sold Xhaka and we signed Havertz and, and we signed Declan Rice and we now play a very different style of football than we did last year. So when we sign a striker next year, which is probably what's going to happen, um, I can see the style of play once again slightly changing to adapt for the style of play that we've different. So we'll see what happens. There's nothing... I just want to see some more goals and assists from the man. But overall, I'm 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 in, I'm enjoying him. I'm enjoying him. Sixty uh, sixth minute, uh, uh, our goal to make it two one. What have you got? 
Um, Start off yeah. from a from a left back. That shot, that um, pass from was it Gabriel at left back? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Martinelli always plays really well against the top teams. We never talk about him going quiet or going uh, invisible during big games. Puts a lot of pressure on Liverpool today, and it's just a complete bumbling error from Virgil Van Dijk. Um, we, you know, seeing these little moments and these little glimpses through Saliba, we're like, okay, he's young, he's inexperienced. He's got to develop and go through these things. But Virgil van Dijk, he's he's about as a seasonal pro as you could ever get for a centre-back. The guy has been and done it all. Um, and uh, yeah, he was absolutely invisible today. And he played really badly and was in full direct error to the goal. Alisson coming out, completely bamboozling it because Virgil van Dijk was still very much in his way. And Martinelli was just always looking around for the scraps like a dog at Christmas under the dinner table, looking for the scraps, got in there, took a little bite, slotted it home to make it 2-1. Yes, hilarious, though, seeing those two. It, it was almost um, almost non-league level kind of defending. It comes up, but that ball all, all the way back at left-back from Gabriel over the entire of the, the team, yeah. that's the kind of ball you'd expect from party over everybody and almost lands at the feet of Martinelli. And then, like you said, they um, they mucked it up. I forgot to wipe my eyes when I woke up earlier. So I've got, oh, okay. I got crispy eyes for me tea. Nice. Nice. Um, right, 74, more good counter-attacking. No, more good keeping from Raya. Gets up, grabs the ball and immediately starts a counter-attack for the endless, endless time, the multiple time, the many time. Uh, during the match, which is uh, which I like to see, so he's I love seeing it. I, it's Go like on. having well, was it was it uh, Pep Guardiola called uh, David Raya the number 10 goalkeeper because he can just cut, he can create an opportunity from nothing. What's oh. great about having David Raya in your team is that if you've got a team that's sitting with a low block and they get themselves one opportunity, we've now got an ability to unleash either Saka or Martinelli or even Havertz up top with hold-up play or, um, or you know, last man pushing and create an opportunity from a low block out of nothing if they decide to try and attack us. It's a thing that we've never had before, and I'm enjoying it the more I'm seeing Raya have confidence to do it. So from now on, he should be referred to as quarterback Raya. Yes, Yes, I like that. We'll, we'll stick with that. Um, right, 78th minute. Saka walloped yet again. Needs to come off for Nilsson. A little bit of a worry, but he does this all the time. Always gets a beat in. And one day these these things will mount up and mean a long-term injury. But while you're young, you're flexible. You heal quickly. And so it should be all right. Um, 83rd minute. One of the, the most spectacular moments of the game. That your header. <laughs> Where did that come from? Where, yeah, what, what would your... happen for him to be the furthest forward player and get a wonderful header on target? Um, Kivior came in on uh, on, on uh, at, uh, at half time. We didn't talk about the substitutions too much because we're we're just making notes a few days later. But Kivior came on at half time uh, for Zinchenko, who ends up having another injury. I don't even know what to say anymore, Danny. I'm losing the will to live when it comes to Jesus and uh, <laughs> Zinchenko. Um, but Kivior came on and he, I'll tell you what, he looks solid today. Um, I'm unsure about him. Um, you know, we're blatantly going to be selling him at the end of the season. You know, with Timber coming back, he, uh, you know, apparently he's in the Champions League team. Uh, we're going to be playing Porto very soon. 
uh, in the first stages of the knockout rounds. I've missed those. We've not seen them in years. Let's enjoy the experience. But Kivio had a good game. Ends up getting a chance from a corner, does uh, from a free kick, sorry, does very well. I thought it was offside, but when you watch the replays, times it beautifully, mm. does really well. And the header was like spectacular. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Straight into Allison's hands. Really clean, easy stuff from uh, for Allison. Uh, frustrating, but Kivio had a good game, Danny. He did, and it's it's nice to see. And it probably does the young man um, some good to have something positive to say about Agreed. the game because Agreed. it doesn't always end up positive for him. He gets uh, blamed for things. Uh, 87th minute, Canate second yellow. Havertz is in our third uh, half. In our half, a third of the way up the pitch, gets a through ball and starts his turn and run. And Canate just stops him with his hands right up his chest, almost into his face. And obviously, um, Havertz then rolls around as if he's been smashed in the face by Big Daddy, which is a little bit annoying. But you know, as he says, Nike say, playing the game. Don't hate the game. Hate, hate the player. Hate the game. Or those words. And then straight after that, the the Trossard goal, and that was a. Uh, I didn't realise how far back he was when he got the ball in the first place. Wonderful. Basically a self-taught goal. What I will call this game is the game of errors. The game of errors. So the first goal we scored, Havertz, that's an error from him. We capitalised on an error from Havertz. They scored from an error from Saliba. We then score again from an error from Virgil van Dijk. And we score again through Trossard because we should have had more runners into the box. Trossard had no one to play the ball to. Seven players. He realises this and adapts on the spot. The versatility of this man, the fact that he can use both feet, is terrifying for defenders. Completely bamboozled Virgil van Dijk, thinking he's a a right-footed player playing out on the left. He takes more shots with his right, but doesn't take into account of how powerful and well he does with his left foot. And what a goal. It might have had a little bit of luck with Tump coming off the hill with Virgil van Dijk, but I'm not taking anything away from Trossard with that goal. The guy has been the king of closers in the, uh, um, as of late. When he comes onto the game, controls the possession, holds up the ball beautifully, uses both his feet to, so, to such effect that he can create his own opportunity from deep, at basically the halfway point of the pitch put it through the legs of a player, bomb down the left-hand side, and just from this angle, completely bam... He has no one to play to, so there's an error, as I said, from here. There's the game of errors, and Trossard just beautifully puts it through the keeper's legs. Wonderful to make it 3-1. Lovely. Oh, 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 oh. There you go. Absolutely wonderful. Well done, you little Belgian beauty. Our very own Stan, the man playing for Arsenal. They've got the same hair and the same, the same, uh, the same slightly bamboozled look. Oh, there he is. Hello, Stan. You're right. I forgot that was still on the screen. Oh, Sai has turned up at last. Pretty good. Um, and then the last note I've got was uh, nothing. So there you go. Um, so I, would you, go on. I was going to say, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Um, we'll talk. We'll have a moment on the celebration police. But go on. What are you going to say? Is this? I'm sorry, people. I've just drank an entire liter of Jersey milk. Mm, milk. Um, is this game more important of a win than the FA Cup game would have been? Million percent. 
Mm. If we don't win this game, Danny, we're eight points off the top. I don't yep. think we really recover back from that, if I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to take the wind out of our sails to the point where we're not going to recover. So a draw wasn't going to be good enough either, especially at home. We, that's just not a thing. So to get the win today was was absolutely vital. And we ended up doing that and getting the three points. I am absolutely buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. What a performance from the boys. We're, you know, we're still missing Hayes. Well, we're, miss, we're still missing Party, sorry. We're missing Timber. We're, you know, they're due back any moment. Tommy Asu as well. Um, and Jesus once again getting an injury. So we're not full strength. We've got a lot of gaps in our team. We're having to use a lot of different types of strategy, but it's end up getting the results nonetheless. Yeah, and this will give the whole of the team because Pete, that, that, it's just fantastic that I'm leaving. I'm quitting as Liverpool manager. Everybody's now going to play brilliantly. The league's over. They're going to hand. Oh, we've just had our asses handed to us with one shot on goal against Arsenal, and now it's all back on again. And they've shown when the pressure was on, they crumbled, and Klopp yes. crumbled, and some yes. of their best players did absolutely nothing. And it's wonderful to see we're back in it. And last night when Bournemouth went, was it Brentford, Bournemouth? Uh, last night, Brentford with Brentford. City. Yeah, Brentford when they went 1-0 up, I thought, here we go. It's back Mope on. scored against City. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> couldn't believe it. What is going on? Mope's just scoring now. I don't know what's going on. But Mope's scoring. Scumbag. But then they yeah, but then they end up winning 3-1. And, I mean, there's still plenty of chances. We've still got to play uh, Man City again this season. We beat them at their place. I mean, why not? Why not? Danny, we we're in the ti- Danny, we're in the title race, mate. We're fully yeah. in the title race. Um, you know, it's going to go, it's going to be Liverpool City, Arsenal all the way to the end. Uh, you know, Aston Villa, I think, is probably going to fall away at the wayside. Ollie Watkins is having a, another great season. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes, but uh, it's a three man race. Uh, I'm fully believing in that. Um, and this game for me proves that Arsenal is a title contender. Uh, Avon says, if I'm Havertz, I'm turning up to the next game in one of those protective face masks because of that terrible impact I suffered from Canate. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I know a lot of people. His neck. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people give gyps to players and stuff like that for rolling around and being theatrical. And yeah, there is a point where, to where it gets a little bit stupid. But I think I think football is uh, a lot of it is as well is a, is a game of pantomime as well. You know, how many times have you seen um, a challenge go in on one of our players? And the player's been honest and tried to stand up on these challenges. And we've lost count of how many times we go, if our player goes down on that contact, we get a penalty, we get a free kick or a card or whatever. Because of honesty, we've lost out on that particular situation. Listen, everyone's doing it. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that needs to be a bit of theatrics to be able to, to get the referee's interest. Because, they're in, you know, if a lot of these challenges, we ride them and we just be overly honest not even to the point where we are honest but i mean we're people pleasing at this point then i I think we we get caught unstuck and we've seen that a lot over the last few years so i'm happy to see players not make the most of it but at least try and get the ref's attention for this for the correct situations danny i don't know how you feel about that i think the game has to have the theatrics in it as well um because otherwise referees are not going to take things too seriously well It's always the way, though, isn't it? It's uh, we, we never get what we deserve. Um, right, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go back to our page, and then I'm going to put us... So it doesn't know. It's more important to be able to see it. Right, everybody, this is the predictions from... Mr. Waffles has gone 3-2 to the Arsenal. Phil Macker has gone 3-1 to Liverpool. Boy 10 has gone 3-2 to Liverpool. Manny Fresh, 3-1 the Arsenal. 
Archangel has gone 2 1 to Liverpool. Gun Trent Fergus has gone. Take it, you can hear that. Yes, yes, we can hear this. 3 2 the Arsenal. Boyce has gone 2 1 the Arsenal. Mad Rambo has gone 3 1 to the Arsenal. BX has gone 2 1 the Arsenal. Luca, 2 0 to Liverpool. Formerly knows a 4 1 to Liverpool. Des has gone 3 1 the Arsenal. Boyce has gone 2 1 the Arsenal. Oh, he did, he did indeed give me that one. And uh, Stan, what are you going for? Um, unfortunately, uh, and I hate I hate to say it, but I'm just feeling it's maybe a three-one to Liverpool, and I really, really Stan, not unbelievable, mate. Than to be wrong in that prediction, and it's three-one to Arsenal. I'm going three. I'm not telling you what I went for. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. We'll stop it right was, there. Stan, I apologise. I was giving you jit. Danny, Danny didn't even give us a goal. So whatever, man. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so a three of the listeners out of the twelve picked three one to the to Arsenal. Well done, well indeed, on, boys. people. Well um, Formerly Noza has a question: If the po- hold on, if all the potions, if all the potions, yep. if all the positions, Zinchenko, <laughs> Kivior, Tommy Ashu, and Timber are available, who would you play at left back in a big game? Hmm. Oh, it's options, not oh, oh, yeah, options. Who would you play, Danny? Uh, well, I'll tell you the order of which I'd play them. Tommy Ashu, then Timber, only because we've only seen a little bit of Timber. But That's it's going to be thing, better, isn't it? It's going to be better than... And then I'd play, probably play Zinchenko, then Kivior, because Kivior sure. isn't a left-back, is he? What I'm order gonna, would you put them in? I'm going to completely agree with you. But I, I'm. But this, uh, let, me, let me put this clear. What we saw from Timber early on in the preseason and the first two, you know, the first game of the season before he got his injury, he looked incredible and was pretty much solidifying that left back spot for his own. The only reason I'll put Tommy Asu ahead, like Danny, is because we know that he does a job there and he's probably the best of the options. But I, if if we go with what happened in preseason, Timber will be the left back for the remaining of the season when he gets back into the side, and I cannot wait that guy is phenomenal his ball carrying skills are incredible and i can't wait for it give it to me inject it in here danny <laughs> inject it in here some of that dutch excellence right oh. there you go people it's uh we've done 34 minutes i think we are all about done i want to talk about i want to talk about celebration police danny go i want to talk about celebration police I so, get my policeman's helmet yeah yeah once again arsenal are sorry no worries. Arsenal are guilty of over-celebrating a victory against a tough and probably one of the best teams in the world at the moment. Correct. Um, if it wasn't for Man City and the unstoppable force that they have become, Liverpool would have probably won more Premier League titles in the last few years. Um, you know, they are an incredible side with an incredible manager who literally hasn't got the energy anymore to go up against the monster that is Manchester City and how unstoppable they are on and off the pitch with 115 allegations uh, pitched up against them. And we don't even know when the court date is going to be for that. And we all know it's going to be a little slap and tickle on the wrist. Um, but uh, I'm fed up with the celebration police. For me, Danny, regardless of the result, even if we lost 3-1, and we celebrated the opening goal like we do normally. I'm fed up with people calling it out. What's the fucking point of watching football if you are being told you cannot do it? You're not allowed to celebrate football. Jurgen Klopp 
pulled a hamstring injury by over-celebrating last season or the season before. I'm not, And I've got no issues with Jurgen Klopp celebrating. And the hamstring injury one was hilarious. But what I will say to you is... Football is all about emotion. Loads of people go to the stadium to watch the game or they watch it online or whatever. They watch these games because a lot of people have got some, you know, maybe they're going through tough times at home. Maybe they're worried about financial stuff. Maybe, you know, home life isn't great at the moment. Maybe they're going through some problems with their wife or their other half or something like that. They go to football because it is an incredible form of escapism that's been around since the late 1800s. It has supplied entertainments, uh, entertainment to pretty much the, the human race for over 100 years. We celebrate and enjoy these moments because it offers us something that we can't tangibly get anywhere else. Football has become as big and as successful as it has because of us, of us celebrating and putting the money into it. Because football is all about passion. It's an incredible sport. We all love it. It's the world sport. It's the... It's the game that can be created with a ball and two hoodies thrown on the ground to make goalposts. Anybody can play it. It's the world sport. To get called out because we're celebrating a 3-1 victory in a title race in the Premier League with a team that's under Arteta that's one of the youngest in the Premier League. To get the jip that we do from Jamie Carragher, Gary Neville and Chris Sutton alike, you're all waste of spaces who have got loads of privileges in their life. And I'm not I'm not quashing it. You've earned your right to be where you are. But to come up with idiotic, uh, you know, uh, pieces of uh, opinion like you guys do, all you do is moan, moan, and moan. You take the fun out of everything. Fun sponges who are victims, who want to see the negatives in everything. And I'm sick and tired of it. To celebrate football is what makes football, football. If you can't celebrate football and enjoy football for what it offers, which is pretty much to some people, Danny, it's everything. It's everything, everything in their life. I know a friend who I like to hang out with and he says, I only got my, I, I, I look, look after me kids and my wife. I go to the football on a Saturday. That's my life. And fair, fair play to the guy. At the end of the day, Football should be enjoyed. Otherwise, we're just going, oh, Danny, did you see that game of football? It was a game of football, I guess. It's got no real emotion for it. So if you are have if you do have an issue with someone celebrating a football match, I for one absolutely loved Arteta and the fact that he he's got that passion that we do. I loved seeing it. That means he gives a shit. If you have an issue with that, it sounds like a you problem. You need to go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Sorry. Did you see all the lovely videos I was playing? Yes, I did. Watching Jurgen Klopp celebrating for like an hour. <laughs> a little bit of a shame that Jurgen Klopp celebrating video had actual football in it, and I didn't realise until part of the way through it. So, um, yeah, this might be the last time anybody sees this video because uh, that twat has put. How can they put a video on there with, with bloody football in it, and we can't even show apps anything? Now, let's see what people are saying. Um, Stan says, never let anyone dictate to you how you should express your joy. Um, uh, Stan says, is there such thing as under-celebrating? <laughs> uh, Steph says, do you think Carragher and Neville knew that the name of the photographer... At I the thought club... that was a beautiful moment, Danny. Why is he retiring? That's 
I don't know. He's been he's been doing it for like 20, 30 years. Stuart McFarland, isn't it? Yeah, Stuart McFarland. On, on Instagram. That was a beautiful moment. Um, Erdegaard is just heads above the rest when it comes to class. Absolutely love the bloke. What else have we got? Um, Rudy says, well said, mate. What is football about emotion? Um, a boy tennis lately said he can't believe my notification didn't go off. YouTube is infamous for that. We did all the predictions, boy 10. I can't remember what yours was. We played the video back. Um, Super says, uh, celebrate good times. Come on, call in the gang. Excellent. Formerly knows, unless their clubs are winning, that is, yeah. We've all seen a number of times that, like, wasn't it last season at Liverpool or Liverpool beat Man United 6 0 and Carragher went mental celebrating the whole time? Yeah, I'm sure that was it. Having a go at Gary Neville. Um, Spitty shouldn't be allowed back on Sky Splurts, Sly Spurts. <laughs> Rudy says, What I have a problem, what I really have a problem with is the celebration where in the limelight and it's not this Arsenal team dominating the media darlings. Mm. See, the, the thing as well, Danny, is because we're seeing it so often now, people are actually, they're not even supporting Arsenal. We're going, Yeah, this anti Arsenal agenda is getting a little bit silly, isn't it? It's oh, it's just they're, like they're showing their hands more and more. So if if anything, it's putting the limelight on how anti-Arsenal the media are against us. And I'll tell you what, it's going to galvanise us. Fuck you, all of you. Uh, Phil says, I know you don't like James on Arsecast Extra, but did you hear his Sutton rant? No, he can go fuck I did. himself. He's talentless. I did hear his, He's I not did. funny. Yeah, I'm not I'm not his biggest fan either. Um, right. Neither of them. Up. Um, how someone like him has got to where he is in the world of football with his bland, monotone... No, no joy listening to he him. He just kept calling Sutton a cunt for like. I quite like Chris Sutton. He was a massive tool against no, Arsenal. But he, he's playing the game, isn't he? I know he is, but he's a massive tool. I can't stand Sutton. Stan says every time he's got, we should bring on the marching band. I completely agree with that. <laughs> I think we should get some cheerleaders going. I, I'm, I'm all for that. What's it called? Who had the cheerleaders? Was it Leighton Orient that used to have cheerleaders? I think, I think everybody was... when the Premier League first started. I, 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 guys, I know the chat's going to correct me on this one, but I'm pretty sure it was Leighton Orient who used to have cheerleaders. Um, so but, so I, I'm, I'm up for bringing those back. <laughs> Stan doesn't like um, him. I like Arsblog, Andrew. Wonderful human being. One lovely, lovely I man. Interviewed him, I interviewed him for... Arsenal in my blood. Arsenal in my blood when we were running the podcast. I interviewed him. He's been on here three or four times. Always yeah, very, a, very cordial. He's a he's a very polite young uh, young man. He's a poli- very polite man. man. Talking of old men, Des says, call me old-fashioned, but I do get the point to an extent. Vieira, Bergkamp, Henri, et al. weren't prancing around like that, taking photos, at Etc. After all, by a great victory, they just got on with it. Different times, though, wasn't it? Different times. That's that's best part of thirty years ago. Yeah, different times. Social media is is so prevalent now. You know, I mean, you've got to build these relationships and these personalities. It's it's to get in contact with football or be in contact with players is a lot more doable now than it was back then. You need to build those relationships. What they're doing is exactly right. I'm I'm all for it. Palace had cheerleaders. And oh, I was Palace. Know. There we go. Palace. It was Palace. Yeah, I'm up for bringing those back. Let's get involved. So, but we'll have to have a tranny cheerleader. We'll have to have one in a wheelchair. We'll have to have one of every single pigmentation. We'd have to have one of every one of the 76 sexes that there now are. 
you'd have 250 on the on the pitch so it's but, not but work, as long it? as we've got equal representation Danny so yeah. it is what it is fuck diversity <laughs> on those wonderful words uh, Deke thank you very much for joining us not a problem today. not a problem I just want to say thanks to everyone that jumps in the chat you know it's been a few days since we since we uh, the game the game happened but obviously as shown here we were a big fan of the game and it was a huge game and we should be celebrating games so if anyone tells you to, tell, to do otherwise you tell them to go do one oh final word from Stan every time we score we should have a red arrows fly by <laughs> See these these are, these Stan ideas are coming out thick and fast. I'm and Harry a jump jet to land in the pitch and get them um, involved the in the centre circle. Exactly, get them involved. Uh, uh, Stan, get every idea he's got, and we'll just stop chucking him out at Arsenal. I love oh, it. Uh, we are back tomorrow with the usual podcast. Uh, it's going to be me. Jeff Arsenal says he's going to turn up. Everybody, holy He'll Jesus! Have no idea what to do. It's, for his, it's a new year. It's a new Jeff. He's been busy skiing. Oh, for the last couple of weeks because he's an international man of mystery delivering milk tray to all the ladies that need it that's an old one you won't get that unless you pass 40 so uh yeah it'd be me and jeff and i think femi is gonna turn up and maybe craig i'm not sure so we shall see you tomorrow half seven stroke eight o'clock i don't know which one but uh thank you very much everybody for joining us uh and we will see you later goodbye bye as soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I was just eating a full quiche. Well, you don't often see him at it. So when you see him in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>